In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is about 900 years before the birth of Christ. The sun is high across a vast desert, a desert not of rolling sand, but the deserts of Israel, a series of disorganized rock formations with high bluffs and sharp ravines and bare open spaces. A raven is perched on the edge of one jagged, massive boulder, observing the movements of two men. Gnarled walking sticks help steady their steps, each man dressed in simple robes, bearded with rough weathered skin. The older of the two men, judged by the wrinkles around his eyes and the length and gray of his beard, says a variation of what he's been saying to the younger man all day. Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But the younger man refuses, shaking his head. His brilliant brown eyes are anxious as he steps closer to the older man, saying, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. The raven turns its head to spy a larger group of men with similar staffs and similar robes following at some distance. This is the community of the prophets of the Lord. A community led for many years by the powerful seer and wonder worker, Elijah, the older of the two men. Elisha, the younger man, is troubled. Elijah's time has come. He will be taken away. And Elisha will then take his place as the senior prophet, as the father of the community. Ahead, the barren landscape begins to show signs of life, a shrub, a tiny tree, and then hints of green. Elijah's dark eyes have hints of silver to them, eyes that have seen many wondrous things. And now they stare off to the Jordan River, which is emerging ahead of them. Elijah's mind turns to memories his battles with the prophets of the false god Baal, the days he spent hiding from the assassins sent by Queen Jezebel to kill him, the time that God came to him on a high mountain through the sound of sheer silence. Besides their faint footfalls and the scraping sound of their staffs upon the rocky ground, silence prevails between the two men. Elisha is remembering too, remembering another hot day in the sun years earlier. He was little older than a boy at the time, plowing a field of his farmer's father's farm with a team of 12 oxen. It was tough labor, and while his father was a wealthy man with many servants, he insisted that Elisha learn hard work and what it meant to be a farmer. 
And it was then that Elijah came striding by, tossing his cloak over the boy. Elisha smiles to himself, remembering his reaction. He had been thrilled and a little scared. This was the famous prophet choosing him to be his disciple. Elisha remembers running back to hug his parents goodbye, never to till the soil again, but instead to learn the ways and the secrets of the Lord God Almighty. Elisha and Elijah are two of the greatest wonder workers in the Bible. They stand in a tradition going back to Moses and Aaron, through whom God also worked mighty miracles. Prophecy in the Old Testament is a lot more complicated than simply the foretelling of the future. In fact, it would be more accurate to describe prophecy in the Old Testament as as sharing a word from the Lord. Not just any word, but a sure and supernatural word delivered by God through the mouthpiece of his prophet. This is not the same as most preaching that we are accustomed to today. The prophets of the Old Testament had a distinctive role to play in Israelite society. As God's chosen people, the nation of Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations. And thus, the kings of Israel were supposed to rule in accordance with the ways of the Lord. Often, they did not. And it was left to the prophets to speak a word of correction. The life of a prophet could be comfortable. Some became court prophets who essentially told the king whatever he wanted to hear. But for those who were faithful to the Lord, like Elijah and Elisha, Life could be difficult. The faithful prophets often delivered messages people did not want to hear. This often resulted in threats on their lives, and in some cases, prophets being killed or assassinated. The faithful prophets were concerned that people worship the Lord, not the many false idols of the lesser gods and goddesses in the cultures around them. And for the prophets of the Old Testament, right worship required just action toward those in need, the widow, the orphan, and the hungry. The two men arrive at the banks of the Jordan. The barren landscape gives way to signs of life, green trees, purple desert flowers, and glistening waters. The raven flies closer, his wings shining in the sun, perching on a nearby tree, watching. The company of prophets still follows at a distance. Elijah removes his cloak from his back and strikes the waters with it. The rivers part, allowing the two men to cross over without a bridge or a swim. And on the other side of the river, Elijah looks at his greatest student. The boy that he had called from plowing the fields years earlier is now a man and ready to assume his place as the head of the community. Just as Elijah performed wonders and declared the word of the Lord, so will Elisha. 
Elijah senses his time is near. He asks Elisha what he can do for him. And Elisha responds earnestly, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. Elisha wants his mentor's blessings and his mentor's power, for he knows all too well the challenge before him to fill Elijah's sandals. Elijah says that Elisha will receive such a blessing if he's worthy, if he sees him being taken away. The two men speak final words together as a spiritual father and son, words not recorded in scripture. Elijah looks up first, seeing blazing chariots and horses of fire. And Elisha watches Elijah being taken up away. And he cries out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And when Elijah finally fades from sight, Elisha stands alone in a vast, lonely desert and a vast, lonely world. Elisha has been transfigured, transformed, changed. Now he is Israel's seer, wonder worker, and prophet. Looking out to the horizon, his brilliant brown eyes behold a vision of an event to come. Centuries into the future on a high mountain. And on that mountain, Elisha beholds Moses, his mentor Elijah, and a figure in dazzling white clothes that he does not know. Amen.